This week on Tea with Queen and Jay, are you a white person who wants me to denounce another black person because you are wildin' and always out of pocket? Are you a black person with a pocket full of Solange hot takes? Are you somewhere scared and hiding until the current president stops presidenting? Whoever you are, wherever you at, we got you covered. It's Tea with Queen and Jay, people. Drink up. Now we are. Hey, Mr. DJ. Sorry. Oh, this is going to say, hey, yeah, I want to shoot, baby. Shoot, shoot. shoot that. All right. Sorry. Now. Welcome to Tea with Queen and Jay. We, we are two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacist, patriarchal capitalism, one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And, and this, this is Tea with, with Queen and Jay. Jay. Ew. Yes. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm good. We are snowed in. We are at Tea with Queen and Jay HQ, also known as my apartment. So if mm-hmm. you hear my dog tap dancing in the background, yes, I do need to take her to the groomer. Her lit nails are mad long. They dumb long. And we're sitting here in our t-shirt and our panties, yo. T-shirt and our panties. Hey, hey. It's not that kind of vibe, but we are we are just hanging we out. We are in our t-shirt and our panties on. No, if that you is are really doing happening. nasty things in your mind, you need to get your mind out For of real. the gutter. Okay. Because women can sit around in their panties That's and right. not Okay, life we're is just, not a porno. Like, we're okay, just recording our podcast, right? And like sitting here in our bonnets. And Did you look out, out the window? Is it a lot of snow? It's not a whole lot of snow right now. Yeah. Uh-uh. When you said snow, then I was like, fake snow, then. <laughs> <laughs> True, 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 true. Fake snow If you would like to follow the conversation being had on this here podcast, podcast. you can do so by using our hashtag, hashtag T with QJ. We like if you use that on all the social media. Um, we like to retweet that shit. We like that shit. And then you could fi- you can find other T friends on that hashtag. We also like for you to use the hashtag pod in. That is a now listening hashtag. And it just lets people know that you're listening to T with Queen and J. That is correct mm-hmm. um do you want to tell the people what libations i sure are? do i sure do tell them so libations are when we pour some for the homies and ancestors the people places and things that give us black joy that's right that pour, is libation pour some out pour some up mm-hmm. uh, cool i have a libation this week what is your own libation uh so solange dropped her second no it's not her second album it's the second one that everybody is Everyone like oh shit solange got a new yeah, album it's the second one y'all care about let's right. be for what real. is this like her fourth or fifth album um i think like her fifth okay all right cool anyhow she dropped when i get home and it is i am a black girl so it is a black girl's delight yeah i'm fucking enjoying it I'm i know that uh, there are a lot of people who are not like rocking with it but it's, and that's fine yeah it's fine it's this is not seat at the table seat at the table this diff- is a it's a different album it's a different album for and me it sounds like sorry this is your libations uh, and i'm like and for <laughs> me as a as a black woman <laughs> go ahead go um ahead. yeah it's a you listen sit and listen to the whole album or you clean your house or you that's do like you could put it on in the background and enjoy whatever you're doing yeah. and it's a whole album listen it's not like a i mean there are like singles that i like but mm-hmm. it's not like a listen to this single listen to that it's like this is like a it's vibe a collective piece yes and it's only fucking it's only 39 minutes i put it on i'd be like oh shit it's over yeah me too yeah. i was like that's oh it's a quick vibe that's okay. cute all right all go right. ahead black girl for you for me um, because I've been listening to the only album I wasn't into of Solange was that first one, the solo star one when she first came out. Yeah, I wasn't. I would, was I confused. Wasn't ready. I didn't know what was happening. I'll be honest. But then after <laughs> that, <laughs> that's funny. The zero zeros was happening. 
Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's it was, happening. and then she had harassed her. I don't know. It was just, it was things yeah. that I wasn't sure about, mm-hmm. and that was my first time meeting salons too. So it was mm-hmm. like this Beyonce. I don't know. Yeah. It was just things. But then after that, I've been like into Solange's music. So it sounded a lot like her other EP stuff that wasn't hugely popular that mm-hmm. lots of people didn't right. know her for. Um, so it, it, this is actually her sound. Mm-hmm. Um, see that the table was her sound also, but. You, you get what I'm saying. So a yeah. lot of people who were like, when is, you know, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is like the Solange. This is Solange. Mm-hmm. This is the Solange thing. Um, so. I like yeah. it. I'm here for it. Everything doesn't have to be a hot take. Listen, I enjoy hot takes like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I will say that some of you like hot take for living ass niggas make everything a thing. And um, I enjoy things in spite of you, but I would like to enjoy things with you. You know what I'm saying? So stop with all the hot taking. I just need y'all to calm the fuck down. Relax. Sometimes. Relax. You know. Somebody made a really insane and ridiculous hot take, and I just want to know who are her friends? Like, who are your friends? Like, when you get really, like, like known as a hot taker, yeah. like, you, you, you got to have a homegirl or two that's like, hey, you know what? Hey, that's hey, hey, that actually doesn't make any sense. Hey, girl. Okay. It don't make sense. Or it's like sometimes your hot takes might happen when you have, right? Okay. And I haven't had any high hot takes on the internet. Mm-hmm. But I've texted you yes. and friends my you high have. hot takes and you y'all have. be like, go to Stop bed. It. Queen, go to bed. It's bedtime. Like, with the, put your phone Log down. Off. Delete your account. Is your boo there? Pause it. Lay on his chest. Cuddle. Because you wilding right now. Hang out with your cat. <laughs> you know? Y'all Every, let me know. Not all hot takes are for all people. Exactly. Keep it to yourself. Yeah. Unless it's something, it, it, even if it's something you really thought about, but I don't agree with, I'm cool with that. Yeah. But some of it is like, you didn't think about this. You took a bunch of different elements that are actually real true things and you mushed them all together to try and make this thing a, a thing. Fit. Yeah, that's to squeeze it into this fucking, uh, I don't know, idea mm. you're trying to force feed us for a check. You don't even believe what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Stop stop really stick to what you're good at the rivers and the lakes that you're used to <laughs> stick to those <laughs> oh shit anyway I enjoyed yeah it. i'm enjoying the solange album you had another libation up here yeah so i wanted to libate the same day that um solange album dropped two chains album dropped and i don't usually listen to a lot of hip-hop to be honest because I just don't. I don't know. And something told me to listen to. Actually, the reason why I listened to the Two Chains album is because I heard his other album with when I was with um, Shea Butter Bay mm-hmm. doing some activities. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I knew it was going there because like y'all can't see her because we're doing a podcast. But like before you even started that sentence, your whole face lit, lit up and got weird and like made me uncomfortable. <laughs> It's like you're about to share oh something God. that's like from Sorry. your personal intimate. But life. yeah, so um, so it made me like, oh, maybe I should listen to this album because I never listened to a True Chains album. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I listened to one. I'm like, oh, that was good. So let me listen to this. And um, his album is called Rap or Go to the League, um, because you know he's a rapper and he also was an athlete. So it was oh, like, I didn't know he was an athlete. Yeah. I thought he was just tall. He was tall. He's actually really smart. He actually sold a lot of crack. Krizak. Mm-hmm. I do know that he's smart. Um, and he could have been. A professional athlete but yeah the album is good mm-hmm. i really enjoyed it there's some trap in there there's some like regular not regular but i guess the old heads would say 
real hip hop where he's talking about his life right. and shit like that and his struggle and shit yes. like that but yes. nah I really liked it Um, so listen to that album too cool it was, it was, it's a vibe it's a vibe alright mm-hmm. I'm gonna check that out as well yeah dope Queen Jay can you tell the people how to donate Definitely or and why can. they should donate to Tea with Queen and Jay podcast I got you on that I got you so why we ask you for donations is you can help us sustain this podcast progress this podcast and keep the lights on for this podcast this podcast is labor for us yeah so labor yes and it's just me and Jay mm-hmm. and then we have Sam edit every once in a while thank you Sam we love you so that is why you donate and how you donate is by going to our website teawithqueenandjay.com Scroll down on our homepage, and there is where we have two options. Two! Our first option is our PayPal option, and that is where you can put however much you want, however many times you want to. There is no commitment there. And the other option is our Patreon option, and that is where we're asking for a little bit more commitment. We're asking for $2 a $2. month. $2! That's only $24 a year. You can do more or less. That is to your discretion, but that is um, another way that you can sustain tea with queen and jay on a monthly basis also the links to these two options are also in our show notes so if you have your phone in your hand or whatever listening device you're listening to you can go there and click there as well other ways you can donate that are not monetary are by sharing this podcast reviewing this podcast on apple pod or Castbox or whatever app you listen to giving us stars giving us like however those apps work do that thing because that helps spread the word of tea with queen and jay tell a friend use our hashtag these are all free ways that you can help support and sustain free, 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 free. tea with queen and jay that's right mm-hmm. that's right that's right so real quick somebody actually um because you all know we're going to south by southwest coming up soon because we'll be we're taking over that's right i'm water not doing tea water time. <laughs> <laughs> i like that because i'm not i'm not saying the other thing that, that works out uh, yeah, so we're going to South by Southwest and we've been asking you all for your support and we appreciate everyone who has like stepped up and helped us out. Really dope and appreciative of you. Somebody hit us up to offer to drive us around Austin. Eww. Pick us up from the airport. So thank you so much Eww. for that. I will be responding to your email. We appreciate you. We and that's do. just like an example of like one of the non-traditional ways that you can go about like helping somebody. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like if you don't have $5, like, like that is mad thoughtful to be like Incredibly oh this thoughtful. is something i can do for you yes. and this will help cut costs so thank you so much for that we appreciate you and did you want to give them our patreon subscribers um to combo he upped his pledge thank you to combo hey. um we also have paul steve erica and a go Hey. Thanks. Thanks, y'all, for subscribing. And you to have Patreon. names that Jay doesn't have to make different variations of. <laughs> right. You're right. <laughs> oh, God, that's funny. Okay. Oh, and I almost forgot more patrons. So, Carlos upped his pledge. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you, um, Philip and Walia. Um, thank you, new patrons. Thank you. Uh, PayPal. We had several people hit us up on the PayPal. Thank you so much. Gloria. Gloria says, hi, Mujeres. Enjoy South by Southwest. I hope this little bit helps. Peace, Gloria. Yes, it does, Gloria. Hey, girl. It we do. went to college together. Thank sure you so do. much. Thanks, we appreciate Gloria. you. Jakeisha broke us, broke us off. And Jakeisha says, I appreciate the work you do and wish I could do more. Thank you for helping us feel less alone. Thanks for thoughtful, empowering info. You're so welcome. You Thank are. you so much. And then we have uh, Yolanda. And Yolanda says, thank you for your labor and always keeping it 100. And of course, I was... 100. Oh, thank you so much. That's your thing. That's not mine. I don't... (laughs) 
not gonna one hundred. That. I say one hundred. <laughs> there are other things I shorten. One hundred is not one of those things. Yeah, 100. so you can do that. I do, however, say Yolanda Vega, which I couldn't help do. Wait, I couldn't help but, but do I, that. But I wrote it did in you the notes. I said it. In did my you head. not say that shit in no, your head? No, it's a New York thing. So for anybody who is not from New York, Yolanda Vega is a woman who reads out the um lotto the lotto, results. The lotto, yeah. yeah, and she has always like what, what has it been like twenty years. She's been up there doing that. Yeah. She always reads. She always says her name with that effect. I'm Yolanda Vega. Like she's. You gonna know. You gonna know that I am a Latinx black woman, like out here in these streets (laughs) on this television doing this thing. And even though I might read your numbers, like in in whatever you want to call standard English and shit, I'm gonna put all this inflection (laughs) on my name, Yolanda Vega. Exactly. And that's what it is. You only see me for like two minutes a day. But I'm gonna make it matter. Exactly. Every time I read Yolanda, I'm like, oh, Yolanda, Yolanda Vega. I did the same thing. Libations to Yolanda Vega, yo. Word. That's visibility Word. right there. Word. We appreciate you. We do. Sarah hit us off on a PayPal, and Sarah says... This is my donation for the year, and I hope it's helpful for South by Southwest. My introduction to you was the Sexually Liberated Woman interview and then your Black Panther review. I've been hooked ever since. Your panels at South by Southwest last year introduced me to more of the Black Baddie Brigade. So this year's trip feels like my personal Tea with Queen and Jay anniversary. Thank you for affirming each other and affirming all of us. To all of us being free, Sarah McKeba. Thank you. Thank you. And happy anniversary. And thank you for always being active with us on social. We appreciate it. Oh shit, there's more. Mm-hmm. They they put going in. They did go in. I thought we had, I thought we were done. No. Regina. Regina says, Jay. Here's a little self-care contribution. I'm so sorry you had to go through such a hostile experience on your own. Read your moment in black hair from last week. That's really fucked up. Sending you love. Thank you so much, Regina. We appreciate you. That was intense. Yes. I will deduct this money from the Tea with Queen and Jay fund and take it to maybe get my nails done or something. Yeah, I like that. I'm just kidding, actually. No, We're going to use it for South by Southwest. Do that. Well, you need your nails done for South by Southwest. That's true. I do do need a pedicure. All right, I might do that. Thank you, (laughs) Regina. I appreciate you. Thanks Mm. so much. Crystal says, some vending machine money for South by Southwest. Thank you, Crystal. There will be vending machines. We will be eating our breakfast and lunch and dinner from vending machines, most likely. I won't. You can okay. do that. All right. I'll, I'll cut costs. <laughs> um, Jeffrey says, no, I'm not going to do that. Jeffrey says, South by Southwest, because y'all are the best. Ooh, Ew, use rhymes. a rapper. Use a rapper okay. rapper. Okay. And then Kurt broke us off and says, thanks again for always... Thanks again for the always fantastic show. Have a great trip. Thank you so much, Kurt. And we have Michelle. And Michelle says, for South by Southwest, and hope you have an amazing time. Your brilliant podcast means a lot to me. Thank you. Thank you so much, Michelle. We appreciate you. Yes, yes, yes. We actually, just to give you all an update, we were able to cover um, at least our cost of the hotel for this trip through your donations. And... Most of my flight has been paid for. So we have to cover is the rest of your flight mm-hmm. and our like food and like transportation and shit like that for the trip. Yeah, so, perfect. yeah. So thank you all so much. We just wanted to give you an update and let you know where we were um, in the process of securing our funds for that trip. So y'all are like really fucking dope and helping to like make this shit possible yeah. for us. Yeah. Y'all are popping. Y'all are popping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So as we've been saying, we'll be at South by Southwest and we have lots of things on our agenda for South by and we would like for you to come if you can, if you have the badges to come and we have some other events if you do not have the South by Southwest badge. Mm -hmm. So first thing is Sam from the In The Whole Uprising podcast organized a um, panel that'll be at South by Southwest that I will also be on um, and it is called Where Are The Black Sense Panel. I'm basically talking about what the title says, where are the black sense um, using AAVE in certain ways. But when it comes to the mainstream podcasting, they all sound that old, boring white man um, way. So that's the conversation we will be having. And that is on March 13th at 11 a.m. Um, it will be Barry from Podcast in Color, Landy Watley, um, who is a doctoral candidate from Howard, myself from Tea with Queen and Jay, and like I said before, Sam from the Inaho Uprising podcast. Chaos. Yes, and f- just for anybody who didn't listen to this episode last week and is ignorant to what AAV is, that is African American Vernacular English. And so I love that you all will be talking about like our different voices and listening to different voices in podcasting. Yo, that's super dope. Yeah. Also, that same day, right after Sam's panel, Sam and Queen's panel on Black Sense, we are doing our T with Queen and J live episode. It's going to be our 200th episode, which is fucking super duper exciting and Mm. super duper dope. Mm. That is taking place at 1230 on the podcast stage with our special guests, Diamond Styles of Marsha's Play Podcast and the homie Stephanie of Bag Ladies Podcast. And we're going to have a black ass good time so if you have a south by southwest badge and you uh go to the where the black sense panel we are right around the corner it's a two-minute walk so you can see us both do our thing so super excited about that also we're doing a meetup that same day march 13th from 5 to 8 p.m we are doing a podcast meetup it does not require a south by southwest badge Mm -hmm. so all are welcome if you are going to be in austin if you're going to be somewhere else in texas but you want to come down to austin to say what's up to us real quick Mm -hmm. uh, we are out going to be out there podding live south by southwest with podcasts in color it's going to be a meetup with barry of podcasts in color Diamond Styles of Marsha. No, actually, the whole Marsha's Play crew is going to be there. So yes. Diamond, Z, Mia Mix, they're all going to be there. Yeah. Stephanie of Bag Ladies, Sam of Inner Ho Uprising. We will be at Leech's Cantina. That's 1306 East 6th Street in Austin, Texas. It's open once again to everybody. So please come through and say what's up. If you are a podcaster, like if you all listen and you know other podcasters who you think you'd like them to meet us and talk to us about podcasting or whatever, you can come through. If you are a listener of this podcast or any one of the podcasts who are going to be there or if you're just somebody who just loves podcasting and podcasts and you want to like come and chit chat or whatever you can definitely do that so please come and say what's up we want to meet you all and i'm excited about that yeah what else are we doing so jay and i are always trying to find black ass shit to do when we're in white ass faces because south by southwest is pretty white mm-hmm. um so we'll also be going to the blossom and soul culture and natural hair fest um that is not a south by southwest official event so anybody can go to that it is on march 16th at the Hudson Tillerson University. It is from 11 to 6 p.m. And we'll be out there too. It is a ticketed event, but I'm sure you can buy tickets at the door um, or you can go to their Instagram to get all the information so you can get tickets. And their Instagram is at Blossom and Soul Fest. So we will be there. Then that's evening because we need some more black ass black ass joy. Um, Carefree Black Girl kicks off their Carefree Black Girl cookout tour at South by Southwest this year. So they have a show at the 
they have a show basically it'll be a not a showcase but they have artists performing so baby mother's going to be performing kwan is going to be performing and a lot of other various artists and they'll have vendors and all of that shit because that's generally what all of their cookouts consist of entertainment and then other interactive kind of vending events um and that is on march 16th as well at 8 p.m is when doors open and is at the palm door on six patio um it's going to be zj's there it's going to be lit I'm fucking super excited for um, that for shit. That event, for that event, you can go if you don't have a badge, but okay. the priority is for people with badges. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you can pay a cover at the door. So you, there is some um, accessibility there too. Right, right. Okay? That is fucking dope. Lit. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start resting now because I know we're not about to get any sleep. <laughs> also, um, as we mentioned last year, we were at South by Southwest and we find we found it to be very like toxically white. We know during the music portion, more people of color tend to be in the space. Um, but we were there a little bit earlier. Either way, I like we like finding black folks out wherever we are. Yeah. We like to find the black folks. So there is another thing happening. Um, Rebel and Rest is an organization that is committed to creating spaces that support the restoration, rejuvenation, and rest of black activists. And they are creating a space for that work at South by Southwest. So they have a whole day of activities planned. It's March 12th. You can follow them for more information. You can follow them on Instagram at Rebel and Rest. So that's at R-E-B-E-L-A-N-D-R-E-S-T. And it's a bunch of black folks that's going to be there speaking and talking their shit. So I am interested in passing through and seeing what they have going on. Because I will not have a South by Southwest like I had last year where it wasn't um, no black people and people was trying to touch our hair. Word. So we're Word. trying to avoid that at all costs, yo. Are you ready to get into the motherfucking show? Let's get into the show. It's show time. Get up on your feet. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we like this? I don't know. So, what kind of tea are you drinking today, Queen? I'm drinking lemon ginger tea. I am also drinking lemon and ginger tea. Good to go. Yes. Ready to roll. Mm-hmm. And what are your pronouns? She and her. What are your pronouns, Jay? My pronouns are she, her, they, them. And what are you affirming for yourself this week? I'm affirming, as always, that I'm a bad bitch. I'm affirming that I'm enough. I was about to say, I'm affirming I'm a lady. I was reading your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome over here. Uh, I am affirming that I will be self-employed and financially wealthy without trauma. Why am I saying trauma that way? I don't know. What's, What's wrong with that? Trauma. I don't know. Trauma. Without trauma for the 2020, I'm also affirming that it is okay for me to disengage when people get overwhelming for me. Yes. I'm learning a lot now that um, that's a lot for me, being around mm-hmm. a lot of people and being highly like i always knew it was a lot but now that i'm in a space where it's a part of my work Mm -hmm. to be highly social in quotations because i don't have to be but a lot of times those spaces make you feel like you have to be Mm -hmm. and i used to feel like i was being like mean or being a bitch when i was like disengaging and not doing the things that everyone was doing but like i'm not being mean and i'm not being a bitch i just don't want to talk to you Mm -hmm. i need to not talk to anyone right now right um so i think i'm getting better at doing that um had a lot of practice yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, okay. I affirm that, that I, I can like disengage that. and it's not rude and Good. I'm not, you know, being a bitch. 
That's what I affirm. I affirm your affirmations too. I like that. What do you affirm for yourself, Jay? Uh, I would like to affirm, as always, that I am not a lady. I'm not a part of a group of ladies. I just, that's not who I am. So I appreciate when folks don't call me that. Um, you can call me Jay or you can call me Janicia or um, hi. You can just, just say hello or say what you're saying. I affirm that I am enough. I affirm that I am healthy. I'm happy. I'm rich. My rent is paid. Mm-hmm. All my bills are paid. Mm-hmm. All of our expenses are covered for South by Southwest. And our trip is going to be luxurious and black girl enjoyable. And I want to affirm that um, it is okay for you to get the fuck out of my face. You know what I'm saying? It is okay for you to not be in my face when you're not supposed to be there. And it's okay for me to feel like you should not be in my face when you are in my face. And you shouldn't be there. Even if you're talking to me mad, calm, and nice. And, like, we both know you shouldn't be in my face. Yeah. Get out of my face. You know? There was a moment the other day when I felt like somebody shouldn't be in my face and I was uncomfortable with them being in my face and you should get out of my face. I remember. And sometimes when somebody is like talking real nice or like, you know, the narrative, people say like that they're approaching you a certain way. And then if you're like rubbed really funny by it, it's like, oh, well, you're an angry person or, you know, the the same angry black woman stuff. And we do that to each other, too, as black women. But sometimes you just shouldn't be in my face. And that applies to like other people. Like, check yourself. Are you right now? Are you somewhere in somebody's face that you shouldn't be in? Get out of my face. Get out of their face. Stay out of my face. Check yourself before before you you wreck yourself. yourself. And I am affirming my feelings of um, feeling that you shouldn't be in my face. Mm -hmm. Even though you're adorable and we can love on each other at another time. But in this moment, get the fuck out of my face. So I affirm that. So we got we got a question and we got it a while ago, but we wanted to take some time and think about it a little bit more um, before we answered. So I will start and... It says, hello, 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 Queen and Jay. I hope you two wonderful individuals continue to enjoy 2019 and whatever gifts it has brought you thus far. I'm a somewhat new listener who first learned about your podcast thanks to Fabi Fav and Latinos Who Lunch. Damn. Hey, shout out libations to them for introducing you to their audience. Of course, thank you to Favi and Latinos Who Lunch. Hey, Babalito, how you doing? I was about to say, hey, Babalito. Hey. But I have recently enjoyed diving into your older work as well as listening to new episodes and continuing to learn both about y'all's philosophies slash views and how that in turn informs my perspective on things. I believe that I have really come a long way. I'm 27 from the way I thought and acted as an undergrad and graduate student, but there is always room for improvement and I'm excited to keep learning and growing. The reason I wanted to send this is because I was curious on your thoughts regarding the controversy surrounding Women's March co-chair Tamika Mallory and her relationship slash association with Louis Farrakhan, leader of the Nation of Islam, and her non-condemnation of his previous statements regarding the Jewish population. He has, along with calling Hitler a great man, called Jewish people his enemies and said, quote, Jews are responsible for the filth and degenerate behavior that Hollywood is putting out turning men into women and women into men, unquote. In my eyes, that's a pretty easy thing to condemn, but she refuses to flat out do so. The Women's March released a statement denouncing his speech and statements about Jewish, queer, and trans people, but still refused to cut ties with Farrakhan or the nation 
of Islam. I know that as women, you have your own agency and are allowed to think for yourself and have your own ideas and that a woman shouldn't have to answer for a man. But without flat out denouncing these words, I find it a little difficult to believe that she doesn't harbor some of these feelings, however small they may be. I guess what it boils down to is I don't know if there is something that I'm missing and she really doesn't need to condemn those words and she can still be a positive force in the movement while continuing to have a relationship with him. Thank you for your thoughts and for taking the time to read this. I really admire what you are doing and how much education you bring to the masses with your podcast. Congratulations on your live show, by the way. Thank you. You can hear how much it meant to you to be able to experience that. And I'm happy that you were both provided And I'm happy that you were provided with that opportunity. Muchas gracias. Thank you so much for your letter. Yeah. Um, And if you all want to send us T-mail, you can hit us up at twithqueenandj at gmail.com. I want to start. Yes. I'm going to let you start, please. Yeah. So what I want to start by saying is that when we first got this letter, I had a really hard time answering this letter because that intersection that Tamika Molly has is something that I greatly relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you know, but I was raised in a nation of Islam. So she wasn't brought up in a nation of Islam, but I can see, for me, I felt conflicted with the question. Like, I, even though you weren't coming from me, I felt like you were coming from me because maybe within my podcasting career and because of the things that I say that people may at one point think that I should do this thing too. Right. Um, which I'm not going to do either. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was just like, wait, what? And I spoke to Jay about it. Like, mm, I don't, and I didn't know what it was yet. But yeah. It was just like, because mm. there will be pictures of me with him from when I was a kid, mm-hmm. you know, and do I have a relationship with Farrakhan? No. Does she have a relationship? Do we know because they took a picture? That doesn't mean that a relationship mm-hmm. happened, right. you know? So that, that, was like my first kind of uneasy feeling uh-huh. when I got this letter. Yeah, just real quick for anybody who doesn't know, Tamika Mallory was at an event for uh, at an event with Louis Farrakhan. It was an event for Savior's Day, which I'm not familiar with. Do you want to say anything about that? Savior's Day is basically when um, Master Farah Muhammad, who is the person who came to the U.S. to create the Nation of Islam, mm-hmm. um, that is their birthday. Okay. So we celebrate that every year, uh, February twenty sixth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Tamika Mallory has um, described it like one of the the highest days in the nation of Islam, yeah, or one is. of the most holy days. Mm-hmm. So that's why that's the day that she was there for, and that's why she was there with him, and she referred to him as um, the goat in one of the pictures that yeah. they took together, mm-hmm. greatest of all time. And she clarified that does, that doesn't mean that he is a perfect person. Um, but to black people in many instances, yeah. he is the GOAT. There mm-hmm. are things that he has done for black people that you cannot, you can't dismiss. Exactly. You can't dismiss that mm-hmm. shit. And that doesn't operate in a vacuum. But I didn't want to, I just wanted to say where he was. Did yeah, you want to, yeah. go ahead. Um. So for me, that's when when I first got the letter, it made me uncomfortable. Like, mm-hmm. Jay saw it made me visibly uncomfortable. Like, I don't know what to say. Because my first reaction was like, no, she could do what the fuck she want to do. Um, which is not really explaining or why? like, why? Or yeah. like giving you the answers um, that you were seeking, like, seeking with mm-hmm. this letter. So that was like kind of my first disposition when we got this letter. It was like, no, bitch. Mm-hmm. Like, like because I took it really, really personal. So yeah, I just wanted to start with that okay. piece on why it like took took 
took us a minute. Okay. All right. Oh, it took me a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want you to get more into that, like, like personally and like where you stand and stuff. For me as a non-Muslim growing up as a black person in the 90s, I will say that he is an important figure to black people, both important and problematic. Yes. Because there are queer black people. There are Jewish black people. There are black women. There are black women. (laughs) Right. And he has said wildly offensive shit. All of that being said, he founded and created the Million Man March, which drew so many, which is something for for people. um, Which has been a blueprint of of a lot of... A lot of movements. movements. It's been a blueprint for. And... During that time, that level of unity and mobilization, people had not seen. Yeah. Right. So people were like, you know, galvanizing and doing things. And I'm not I'm not saying that black people weren't doing anything, but I'm saying a um, the gathering, the right, the a gathering of that the... size and mm-hmm. connecting people from like busloads of people as a whole. Spike Lee made a whole, whole movie, movie about, about it called going, Get on the Bus. Yeah. And just his Spike Lee's movie is not even about the march. Spike Lee's movie takes place on the bus. It's yes. about a bunch of black men getting together to do something and yes. go like just being together on a yes. bus mm-hmm. and all the different some of the intersections of different types of black, black men man. and just the experience of being together. And mm-hmm. so that is incredibly important and to queen's point about it being a blueprint when the women's march began right before tamika mallory or any women of color were connected to it or there were co-chairs or we knew anything about it it was floating around on facebook as this facebook invite right that that lots of women saw lots of women were signing up and spreading the word and shit like that it was called the million woman march yes okay that's what it was called co-opted from Farrakhan. Co-opted from Farrakhan. It was called the Million Women's March. It didn't involve no women, women of color. color. This was a white woman, a, 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 I will call her well, a well-intentioned, yes. right? White woman mm-hmm. starting something mirrored after something that Louis Farrakhan did, who is a black man yep. and also to many people uh, an anti-Semite, if mm-hmm. you want to say that. Um, a homophobe, if you want to say he, that. He's, he was he was all those things when they decided to co-opt right. that language yes. to stuff. He was still all he those was still things. still all of those things. He and was, it would only change because black women said, were saying things. Nah. Had we not said anything, mm-hmm. you would still be calling this probably yes. the Million Woman March co-opted right. that we would know right. by Farrakhan, mm-hmm. this person that you say yeah. is anti-Semite and right. all of these other various mm-hmm. things. Yes. You know? Now, while there are, I'm sure there are um, conscious and aware uh, non-black people who maybe they would have seen it called or, or whatever. There may be people who would have seen it called the Million Women's March and not participated, mm-hmm. right? Perhaps, yeah. right? Um, but it's important that we recognize that you can be someone who has said hateful, inappropriate, unacceptable things and still create um, things for people that are, um, that you can't measure the value of that shit. Is that invaluable? Is that the word? I don't know. But anyway, Mm -hmm. and the reason why, the reason why it is 
I feel um, there's a level of nuance here when it comes to black people and people of oppression in this situation that can't be erased. Exactly. And so I think that this is very different. And Queen will talk about, I hope, some of the dynamics of power and shit like that later. But I I think that there is a difference between let's to make an extreme and I think still inappropriate example. But to make an extreme example, if we were talking about the way people just talk about him like he's a fucking clan member. Right. So if we were talking about a clan member, right? Yes. There is nothing that a clan member could do for white people, right? Mm-hmm. That would make it still relevant and make him still a valuable person or valuable exactly. contributor to society because exactly. white people hold all the power in this exactly. country. He's, he cannot build their cultural, social self-esteem. Mm-hmm. He cannot create programs and shit for their um, their well-being. Yes. White people have everything that they need. Exactly. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. So when we talk about um, when we talk about Louis Farrakhan and the things that he has done for black people, it was crucial to our cultural self-esteem. It was crucial to our ability to unite and galvanize in that era in that time Mm -hmm. it has been crucial for him to uh, be seen of sorts because unfortunately especially i would say um prior to the era of social media right after a lot of our leaders as black people had been murdered right yeah it it media white media likes likes to have a figurehead they want to have a voice they want to yes, have someone. they need someone to blame for yes. the thing yes and he and for in the 90s he was the person right. to blame for exactly everything. exactly so in the 90s when you talk about political figureheads talking heads people who the media would call on right we had al sharpton yes we had jesse jackson uh louis farrakhan i don't remember Khalid Muhammad. He okay. was another person in the nation. Of okay, Islam. right. But yeah. people, these are these are black people who the media had decided. Okay, we're talking about black stuff. We, I'm okay with talking to a black person today. Grab one of these people. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So they grabbed them, and they would they would also demonize them, as you said, mm-hmm. all of them. They would demonize them, but it was still somebody who was speaking at least for some of us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. We're not a monolith, but there was still someone speaking to the needs of large groups of black people. Yes, and black people as underrepresented, underserved, second class citizens in their own country needed that yeah you know what i'm saying could it have been better and more amazing yes of course but that's what we had yeah you know what i'm saying that's what we had and so as black people me deciding that i'm not gonna dismiss um the black pastor of my former christian church who said wild inappropriate shit about Mm -hmm. gay folks who said wild xenophobic shit because he was like an old black dude from the south who had limited education and shit like that Mm -hmm. Me deciding not to dismiss that pastor who was like family to me from the storefront church where we fucking fed each other, took care of each other, got each other through when nobody in there could afford fucking to go and see a therapist or whatever. When that place was your therapy, I'm not dismissing. He's gone. He's passed. Rest is, you know, rest in peace. But I'm not dismissing him. I would never dismiss him. I will stop going to that church. I will stop. I will um, stop participating, but I'm not dismissing him. And a part of that love and a part of that um, continuing to remain in communion with that person is to be able to say, what you're doing and what you're saying, this part of that is hurting black people. Yeah. It's hurting mm-hmm. us and to move us out of that. Yeah. I know for me, it's my thing is I, I'm a 
critique black men mm-hmm. i'm a critique people who uh oppress and i'm talking about black people yeah. so i'm a critique you if you oppress black women if you oppress queer folks if you oppress disabled people i'm a i'm a critique you but i could never condemn you to be or to stay affiliated with whiteness you know what i mean like right. and, and, that's mm-hmm. you know and it's, for me that's what it seems as what they're asking tamika to do right. so for you to stay aligned with with us and to do this stuff and play with us white girls mm-hmm. we need you to condemn someone of your community mm-hmm. um who she's allowed to critique right. but like why are you asking to her to condemn someone in her community for y'all like i that's something i i can't i'm not doing right. that i will critique right. you all day i will tell you about yourself all day but to condemn you for the sake of playing with you white girls mm-hmm. i'm not doing that shit yeah. and the, the fact that you are requiring her to do that just shows how much you do not understand the intersections of black people mm-hmm. in this country and how you do not understand that we are not able, we are not afforded the things that you are afforded. You could probably condemn whatever from the from whiteness or whatever. For We don't have the space for that. We literally don't have the space for that because we are marginalized people. We don't have the room for that. So if you don't call this black woman and tell her to condemn someone for the sake of hanging out with y'all, like that's fucking selfish mm-hmm. that's some that's some white shit and it's also the question is where have you been when we needed the thing when we needed the things that lewis farrakhan found a way to provide yeah you niggas that's like oh y'all should and i'm talking about white niggas <laughs> <laughs> who was talking about oh you should condemn him because he said these horrible things rather than what tamika mallory has done which has said no he has these are the horrible things that he has said these are the things that i do not align myself with, with? that i disagree with that i have told him that i don't agree with yes. and my life and my work shows that that's not my those are not that's not my that's not my value system yeah. you know what i'm saying but i'm not going to condemn this guy who's been there for us for black people you know what i'm saying when you, yeah when you white folks who just showed up to the party it's white folks at that that million and we've talked about yes. this it's white folks at that women's march who still don't believe that black lives matter yeah it's white women at that yep. women's march who hold signs talking about i could be at brunch if 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 Trump, if, wasn't, if in Trump office, wasn't in office, oh, I'd be at brunch right word, now. Bitch. Like, really? You'd be at brunch? Really? And I'm supposed to condemn this black man for this white bitch yes. who says she would have been fuck, at brunch fuck that. had Trump not been president? Fuck that. Nah, fuck I'm that. good on that shit. Fuck that. We had so many problems before Trump was in office, which is why this podcast existed before then, yes. which is why we hardly almost ever but never, talk, we about never talk about Trump. We never talk about that. We got person. other problems. You know what I'm saying? We had other problems. We, we Our fucking, any black or brown person right now who does not pass as white can be killed yes for almost nothing nothing no li- literally literally not for almost nothing. yeah literally for nothing. nothing for nothing and you'd be at brunch you'd be at brunch if, if trump wasn't president and, and I, i'm supposed to condemn somebody yeah. for you and that's not the sentiments of one bitch out there that's nah. a common theme that's a common theme of a lot of women who go to the march there are women and and we know that um tamika mallory and a lot of the other women of color who are were co-chairs of the uh women's march have made it have done their their work to make it an intersectional intersectional space Uh we know that our women who who are out there who share our politics we know that there are women um who again whose priority is intersectionality Mm -hmm. intersectional feminism they're black feminists out there which is actually extra work for these people yes they have to work to make it that doing other work absolutely and 
and and i'm supposed to con like exactly. i literally have to do double work and i'm supposed to condemn right right, right. Farrakhan those women out there who are making that space for that often encounter women within that movement yes. who want them to sit down who want them to be quiet there are turfs there are turfs out Yes. at the fucking women's march who don't want any trans women involved in and feminism what, whatsoever at all. you know what i'm saying so these are the things that those intersectional feminists those women are facing working even within, within this women's march and so you want this black woman to condemn someone from her community when we haven't condemned her for fucking with the, those women who show up to that march yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah, we haven't condemned exactly where i don't condemn that? anyone anyone who goes to that women's march and plays patty cake with them bitches who's out there talking about we could be at brunch and those turfs who want and for anyone who doesn't know what turfs are that's trans exclusionary radical feminists yeah which is to, not feminism to us they're on that it, bullshit it's not feminist at all it's not feminism at all they don't want to include There's women that. in their i have a friend um, who feminism. was um a black guy friend who was at the march who literally while people while black women was saying black lives matter mm-hmm. white women are saying no all lives matter mm-hmm. like no one is condemning th- right who is asking these white leaders or whatever right. of this march to condemn these motherfuckers in the streets who are literally committing violence mm-hmm. acts of violence mm-hmm. screaming black lives matter mm-hmm. being a fucking turf speaking of indigenous hat, people speaking of putting a fucking pussy hat on harriet tubman's head in mm-hmm. harlem like yep. who's condemning these co-chairs, these white women for that behavior. Right. Nobody. Right. And she has to condemn Farrakhan? No, we're not doing that. Mm-mm. We're not doing I'm it. good on that. Mm-mm. You yeah. know? So there, there, we have to look at these things within culture, the cultural context of who we're asking to do what um, and the relevance of, like, the figure. Because also, yes, yeah. Farrakhan is problematic as hell. We say, it, we say it here. We say it here. We say it all the time. Mm-hmm. He has also traditionally been demonized within the media. Yeah. And not always for the things he should be demonized yes. for. That's the thing. Because even white media, yes, they will talk about him being anti-Semitic. They will also, the media positions him, has positioned him throughout the decades as a um, as a demon for the things that perhaps that he should not be yeah, demonized for. Exactly. For standing up for black people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As opposed to talking about his anti-Semitism, his uh, homophobia, and yeah, things yeah, of that nature. Yeah, that's not what yeah, they, no, that's that's not, not they talk that's about. That's not why they have made him um, a hated figure. Yeah. You know what I'm and saying? Then, and then I want to kind of go in on like power structures and yeah. things like that. So like, for me, being a person in a nation of Islam, who for a uh, there's lots of things Farrakhan says that I don't agree with. But I think that the piece that especially when he is talking to Jewish people, he is specifically talking to white Jews mm-hmm. and specifically addressing like white supremacy. Right. Like he's not just like randomly pointing at any Jew in the population. So I'm not saying that to like make you better or make it correct, but he is is directly attached to white supremacy and white Jews, right? So this, let's start there. So there's that. But then me and Jay talked about this over the weekend, but can a black person be anti-Semitic, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So I've raised that question in the same way in which we talk about can black people be racist. Mm-hmm. So we say that black people can't be racist because of the power dynamic. We do not have the power to systematically oppress um, discriminate you know on an interpersonal level yes can we be a part of hate crimes can we say hate can we say slurs can we participate in that way yes but when we talk about racism and how it affects society and how it affects um 
people as a whole, like black people do not have the ability to completely take away opportunity. Right. Um, and, and in that way. So we can't be racist, right? Mm-hmm. There's that. That is also, can, that can also be applied to anti-Semitism. So a black person does not, the way the power dynamic is structured, and again, I'm talking about white Jews, um, a black person can't be anti-Semitic. We do not have the power to affect a white Jewish person in the U.S. in the way in which they do systematically with us when you attach whiteness to being a Jew because the whiteness with white supremacy allows these other things that people generally are it allows, talking about. Right. So, so the uh, Jewish people who who are able to present and pass as white, white right, yeah. without their um, without any physical perhaps markers of their Jewishness or those who have been allowed um, to, because at a certain point they weren't always considered white, white in this no, country. So, at not. a certain point, uh, certain Jews were allowed access to whiteness and Mm -hmm. allowed to claim whiteness so that proximity to whiteness that access to whiteness that being able to live a life and unless you say i'm jewish just being able to like do your thing and have access to all the um whatever the quote unquote the uh, the american dream has to offer you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying so that access also allows them the opportunity to oppress people exactly okay and so that is the power is shifted more so on their end because of their proximity to right 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 so even if minister farrakhan talks about um even if he says anti-semitic things to this white jewish population yeah right he does not have the influence of power the same way that white leaders do and, yeah. and and those white leaders are often government officials. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Who can um, wear blackface and keep their job. Yep. That is power. Yep. Um, Minister Louis Farrakhan can say all of the things, but outside of the personal feelings that he ignites in people, as far as like, I wouldn't want to hear those things either if I was a white Jewish person. Totally. Right. He cannot shift systematically the life of white Jewish people in this country he can and his influence does not afford him that because he is black and that is not how the power structure is set so it's like he can be a part of hate speech he can he can be a part of whatever the propaganda Mm -hmm. attached to anti-semitism but he cannot truly be an anti-semite because the power structure does not allow him to be Mm -hmm. and that we're not saying that what he's saying is not dangerous it is we're not saying that he can't influence you know um whoever his target audience is, Mm -hmm. which are black people who lack the institutional power um, to do a lot of shit. But we're not saying that he can't influence individual black people to commit hate crimes. That's that's not what we're saying. Mm -hmm. That can definitely happen. And that's dangerous, which is why what he's saying is not cool and inappropriate. Um, And his words should continue to be critiqued and challenged. Yes. Which they often are. Right. They often are. right 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 but we're talking about like structural um power and and why this is what we we would say a different situation yeah um than condemning his anti-semic speech is something way different Mm -hmm. coming out of his mouth than it is coming out of a white man's mouth Mm -hmm. it is something completely different because that power structure is completely different and that's what i wish people would understand more so i remember being asked this question um by a white person white jewish person and i couldn't think of a way to articulate that when we were talking but i was 
in my mind it was like but he can't do shit (laughs) you know like he can't i get it he should not be saying these things things are harmful that is very harmful that's a very harmful thought process period right but he can't do shit. Is he it, you can't, know, he but can't I couldn't articulate right. that. He can't do shit. And white Jewish people are not going to not get jobs yeah. because black folks who follow Farrakhan are not hiring white Jewish people. Exactly. Like, that's not going to happen. Yes. White people who are not Jewish are not going to not hire Jewish people because of what Minister Louis Farrakhan said. Yeah. Now, yeah. are there white anti-Semitic folks? Of course. The, yeah. Do Jewish people not get jobs in certain situations because the, yeah. they're Jewish? Of course. Yes. Of course. Yes. Of course. But we're talking about Minister Louis Farrakhan's influence mm-hmm. and what he can do and what he can control. And um, he does not have the same power as your average white man. At all. Also, I feel like a lot of people have been dismissive of Tamika Mallory's words and what she has said, what mm-hmm. she has chosen to say about her relationship with Minister Louis Farrakhan. Um, and I'm going to, I want to read some of this. So she actually uh, issued a statement after some of the controversy began surrounding her appearance at Savior's Day. And so I'm going to read, so I'm skipping around. So she does start off with showing... Uh, sympathy for those who have been hurt by her presence and who have, you know, different feelings about it. So she does say a bunch of stuff that is that I'm not going to include here. Mm-hmm. So I'll include the link to her full statement in the show notes. She's done interviews since then. She said this is this is a year ago. Yeah. So she's done interviews since then. She there is there's a lot more that she has shared on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have found everything that she has said to okay. be of sound mind and yeah, makes sense. She hasn't backtracked on this statement mm-hmm. at all. Even as people continue to call her names and as she continues to get death threats and shit like that or whatever, um, she has been consistent in her message. So she says, um, I'm the same person who helped to build an intersectional movement that fights for the rights of all people and stands against hatred and discrimination of all forms. I am the same person today that I was before Savior's Day, which begs the question, why are my beliefs being questioned now? I was raised in activism and believe that as historically oppressed people, blacks, Jews, Muslims, and all people must stand together to fight racism, anti-Semitism, and Islamophobia. I believe that LGBTQAI people are not an abomination or a creation of man but but people but simply people and that religion is not to be used as a tool to abuse divide harm bully or intimidate where my people are is where i must also be i go into difficult spaces i attend meetings with police and legislators the very folks so much of my protest has been directed towards i've partnered and sat with countless groups activists religious leaders and institutions over the past 20 years i've worked in prisons as well as with present and former gang members it is impossible for me to agree with every statement or share every viewpoint of the many people who i've worked with or will work with in the future as I do not wish to be held responsible for the words of others, when my own history shows that I stand in opposition to them, I also do not think it is fair to question anyone who works with me, who supports my work, and who is a member of this movement because of the ways that I may have fallen short here or in any other instance. I am guided by the loving principles of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., though I have fallen short of them at times, and it is with this belief that that quote nonviolence seeks to win friendship and understanding, and nonviolence seeks to defeat injustice, not people, that we organize a march 
unquote, that we organized a march on January 21st, 2017, that 5 million people participated in worldwide, and we have been guided by those values the whole way through. It is my intention to walk the tradition of Dr. Dorothy Height, successor of Mary McLeod Bethune, as president of the National Council of Negro Women. In 1995, she faced criticism for participating in the Million Man March, which was organized by the Nation of Islam. Financial support was withheld from her organization, and there were attempts to bully and intimidate her. Nevertheless, she stood strong and proudly addressed the massive crowd of black people who gathered on the National Mall. Her words were, I'm here because you are here. My work requires an operation unity that is sometimes extremely painful and uncomfortable, even for me, but I push forward even when I'm personally conflicted because our people are more important. Um, and that again is from Tamika D. Mallory, Freedom Fighter. That's how she signs it. Um, so yeah, so I just wanted to say some of her words because I feel like a lot of her words are being lost in this conversation, which is something that happens to black women all, all the, the time. time. We get erased and people don't care about what we have to say if we're not doing what is in their will, if we're not, you know, serving the people's interests, mm -hmm. those people being white people yeah. or the majority or whoever decides they want a black woman to do something. I also wanted to mention um, kind of what I was I was leaning in towards earlier when I talked about my experience uh, at a Christian church with my pastor yeah. where, I, where I grew up in. Um, again, I no longer go to that church as a um, member of the congregation. I will show up on occasion because that's my family. But we as as black people should not be throwing our elders away. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They have seen things, they have experienced grave injustices, you know what I'm saying? And it's not for me as someone who is younger and stands on their shoulders and somebody somebody said oh, an an elder who we all know used this reference and uh -huh. I don't remember Angela Davis said this. Okay. We stand on their shoulders, the shoulders of our elders. That means that the youth can see farther than us. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. There, are, there are people yes. who are going to stand on my shoulders mm -hmm. who will be able to see farther than I can see. Yeah. There are, and, and I, you know, you that y'all know that I'm obsessed with podcasts. There are podcasters who are a lot younger than me that I listen to, and I'm like, oh shit. I would never feel brave enough to, to say, say that, that on air. I never yeah. I never even thought about that. Mm -hmm. There are things that the elders have to offer us that we take from them and we stand on their shoulders and we're able to see farther. You know and what I'm saying? That so that is I'm what not, progress that's is. That's what progress is. So I'm not going to dismiss the elder whose shoulders I stand on, who I can see farther, without teaching that elder, yo, look what I can see all the way over there. Yeah. I'm seeing this and I'm telling you where you're coming from right now. It's wrong. I'm not going to dismiss you. And that's something specifically, I think, when it comes to black and brown people, we're not getting rid of our elders. Exactly. Unlike white people's elders, our elders didn't hang people from trees. Exactly. Our elders didn't stand by silently while a whole it system of institutional injustice took place. Yes, maybe your grandma was a white, nice white lady who only made cake and minded her business and never used the word nigger. Perhaps, okay? But she participated in that system of injustice. Did she ever say anything? Did she ever say, say to anybody? Most likely, no. Probably no. Did she ever say, hey, y'all, maybe we shouldn't be doing this? You know what I'm saying? If you didn't participate in the... Disruption of the system? Then you then are you're part, part of that of the system. system. Yes. Um, you are willing part participant. of that yes of that absolutely so that would be the difference between my black ass elders and your white elders that you see at the holidays okay yeah who um have done horrible Whom things y'all never people. condemned yes y'all don't condemn yep 
Okay, yep. all the motherfuckers who are in those lynching pictures is somebody's fucking grandmother yep. or aunt or yep. some shit, and yep. y'all don't condemn no yep. motherfuckers. So don't come over here. Don't come over here asking me to condemn mine for you. Don't don't be in our face. Like, nah, don't do that. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a break. Yeah, let's take a break. Money, 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 money. <laughs> do, money. Do you know what this year is? What every year is all about? Yeah, but like giving black women year. your money. Yes, give okay. black women your money. Hashtag pay black women, okay, yo. Okay, okay. So, so how do they give black women their money? Well, they can start by giving us their money. Oh yes, yes. We do this dope ass women is race nerd podcast every motherfucking every week. week. Sometimes and, twice um, a week. Yeah, yo. <laughs> and we could use your loving motherfucking donations. Um, we definitely can. Absolutely. So how can you do that? You can go to our website. Yo. TeamsCleanandJay.com. Hit that donate tab. Mm-hmm. And we have two options there. So two. Can, two. You become a patron or you can just donate through PayPal. Yep. You choose. We mm-hmm. give you a choice That's right. on how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. We will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandj.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice. Oh my God, we're going to get money. Again! <laughs> All the time. Yes. And we're black! All the time! All right. What I, what I also wanted to mention just real quick to the last topic, we recently recorded an episode of The Grapevine that should be coming out soon, um, and they talk about the relationship between um, the quote-unquote black community and the quote-unquote Jewish community. And so we're on there talking our shit, so definitely check that out. Um, it is a lot of different perspectives going on there. Interesting. Yeah, so pe- there are people saying shit that's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people saying horrible things. Horrible. And there are people saying things that make sense. So um, check that out if, you are, if you'd like. It'll, it should be coming out within the next few weeks, I would say so, mm-hmm. if I had to guess. All right. All right. So the homie... Carlos, uh, he sent us money. We mentioned that earlier. Yes, thanks, Carlos. And he sent us an awesome letter to tell us some stuff and catch us up on a few things. Yep. So here we go. Peace, Queen and Jay. I hope and trust you're both you're both doing as well as you can in these rising fascist white supremacist patriarchal heteronormous heteronormative times. So much to share, but I'll keep it as pithy as possible. First, I'm writing this in a steroid-induced manic peak. The steroids are part of my treatment for MS, and I and my ability to own and recognize my disability is a thing you helped me name and recognize. I'm still in contact with um, Nice White Lady on Twitter since your episode on ableist fuckery, so thank you. Thank you too, Jay, for putting me on to the Therapy for Black Girls resource. Needless to say, I navigate the comorbidities associated with racism and chronic illness having a regular dose of therapy infused with black auntie energy is literally giving me life i'm allowing myself to live further beyond the shackles of gender of the gender binary and toxic masculinity i've also been setting boundaries in all of my most toxic relationships including the relationship with myself of course even in painted nails 
gender increasingly gender neutral fashions and men's lingerie hmm. um, <laughs> i'm giving the undeserved and unearned privileges associated with being assigned my gender at birth and primarily dating women so i'm prone to be trash because trash is as trash does it's about the outcomes and not intentions i'm a work in progress as we are, as we all are. Lastly, y'all know I'm a longtime Tea with Queen and Jay Stan. I've been spreading the word in the pub in my public workshops, presentations, and lectures. Well, I finally made it official when he put that in quotes. I directed line item funds in my budget to help Resolutions Northwest become an official patron. We're making a pledge of forty dollars a month. This covers the twenty on average employees for two dollars a month. Two dollars. <laughs> he wrote that there. Yeah. <laughs> At Resolutions Northwest, we facilitate honest dialogue to resolve the conflict and advance racial and social justice. We provide training and consultation. Your podcast and movement serves as professional development and training for white folks to center the voices of the most impact by listening in deference to black womanist race nerds in the, in the authentic conversation. I can't begin to measure the impact you've had on my theory and proxies regarding ensuring that we have black women at every level of leadership in the organization, including and up to including and up through the board of directors and management. Your voices have as great, if not greater impact on a theory applied by my team. From Google that shit to stop calling the cops on black people to play black and indigenous women and femmes, your voices and themes course through the veins of our work. Thank you for that. Oh, that is fucking dope as shit. Mm -hmm. Um, Back to the letter. Your anger, vulnerability, laughter, jokes, rage, focus, honesty, joy, and brilliance shine through in every conversation. Listening and being in dialogue with you two has been like sitting around the dorms with the crew, listening to diggable planets, passing a bong, and talking that real shit. Thank you for reminding me who I am and how great we can be when we refuse to clip our wings for the comfort of whiteness. Y'all them real ones. And he puts hashtag say her name, hashtag pay black women, hashtag disability too white. Love y'all. Then, P.S. I realize this is late. But given what Billy Porter just did on a red carpet yesterday, I want to affirm my decision to live my my non-binary life out loud. This is no time to restrict fabulosity in 2019. Yes. I like that. Congratulations to you. And I have enjoyed seeing pictures of you on your social and your nail polish. And your tutus. And your tutus. And just being an adorable resistance zaddy. So I appreciate that shit. You can also, if you would like to follow resistance zaddy, a.k.a. Carlos, on uh, Twitter and Instagram. You can follow him on Twitter at Caballo Negrito. Um, That's C-A-B-A-L-L. O-N-E-G-R-I-T-O and then on Instagram at El Caballo Negrito. So that's E-L-C-A-B-A-L-L-O-N-E-G-R-I-T-O. Yes. So thank you so much for that. Mm -hmm. I want to say also thank you for acknowledging that because I know there are many people who listen to this who use us for their work. I'm sure of it. I appreciate the fact that you know to pay us for the labor that we provide right. for your organization. Right. I like really appreciate that. And I want more people to do that. Cause we are, we know that thousands of people listen to the show. And if you are learning from other black femmes and indigenous folks, other black people, other people of color yeah. who are help, 
who are helping pushing forward the conversation for your organization, school or whatever, pay them people, send mm. them an anonymous donation, do fucking something. Right. Cause these people are doing labor, right. you know? Right. And, and especially just people, it's like, if you didn't put the work in a book, then it's not acknowledged exactly. as some shit that you're doing as work, as effort. But the shit that we do here, everybody can't do that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So this is valuable. So we thank you for acknowledging that. But yes, um, pay us our money, acknowledge our time. I- I'm so disappointed, honestly, by the number of conversations, face like one-on-one conversations that I've had with black women or black femmes and I've, I'll use like the term labor or I'll say, oh, well, you know, that's not labor that I'm interested in doing. Or yeah. I, I said to someone, do you know how much labor that that has been? Or yeah. whatever? And they're like, well, I don't think you had to labor at all because you don't understand the dynamics exactly. of labor. Because you think it's okay for us to be the fucking mules, mules of this earth. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or for someone to say, um, I was talking to somebody about something that another institution had done or company had done to minimize the efforts of other black women. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, well, this happened. I wasn't really feeling that. Da, 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 da. And they were like, oh, well, why don't you tell them? So I'm supposed to, as an independent podcaster, right, who you have disrespected, I'm supposed to reach out to this major institution and be like, yo, what you did was anti-black these are other black people what Uh you did was anti-black it was racist it it further marginalized people already existing in the margin i'm supposed to do all break all of that down for some institution that doesn't even give a shit that i exist no No. it's people that's labor and she's like i don't know about labor yeah because you don't know about labor because you haven't grasped the concept of it's like so i'm gonna use myself like i'm i'm coming to terms and realizing that i have certain kinds of anxiety right Mm -hmm. I did not know what that was. I just thought that that is how you be a black woman. Right. I didn't even know that all of these thoughts, feelings, or whatever that I had about being in social settings or with my day-to-day, I just thought that that's how black women live because all our life we have to fight, mm-hmm. and that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And it is not until now at this age that I'm realizing, no, there's actually something here. But it wasn't until I started tapping into... Um, People having these conversations about anxiety and all of this stuff mm-hmm. that I realized like, oh, this is like a thing. Like, this is not the way it's supposed to be. Right, right. Or if it is what it, my life is, that I can find things to cope with this. This is yes. just not something that I'm just doomed right. with. Right. You can say this is the type of labor that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. This is the amount of labor that I, I'm willing to give or that I have in me before I become anxious or before I become uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But prior to these conversations about language, it was just like, listen, whatever this is, you have, have to, to deal with it. it. And it's going to be uncomfortable that's what because it is. that's what black women yeah. do. They just mm-hmm. have to endure the uncomfortable shit. And it, for me, I understand that we don't all understand that, but it, it is heartbreaking to be standing in front of another black person saying, I am not going to do this labor for free. And then looking at you and, and not even talking about, I'm not going to labor for you. I, I'll be talking about something else. Yeah. Some nothing, be, that's not nothing even to attached to us. your bank account. Right. It has nothing to do with the person I'm talking to. And they're like, Oh, well, I don't know if that's labor for you. Yeah. Cause you don't know labor. You don't know about labor. Yeah, and you, you just don't think know that's what that just means. what your black existence right, is supposed to be. Right. So how about you get out of my face? <laughs> how about you don't talk to me? anymore Mm -hmm. or ever again yeah but um yeah so thank you so much for this carlos we appreciate you and we wish you all the best and shit and thank you for your money also jay you want to just pay some black women yes let's do that that'll make me feel better okay give me your fucking money 
Queen, can you tell the people what our Pay Black Women segment is all about? Yes, I would like to. So Pay Black Women is a segment where we are centering black and indigenous women, femmes, um, either a black and indigenous business, a black and indigenous organization, or a black and indigenous person um, who needs money. So we center them in this segment, and right. that is Pay Black Women. That is right. Um, and we're not talking about multiracial black and indigenous people, even though you can be black and also indigenous, but like black and also, or indigenous. Yeah. Indigenous of the USA. That's right. Do they have to be? No. Well, the Americas. Yeah. I would say that. Okay. I would say that. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like indigenous folks of colonized nations. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, so this week's pay black women hashtag pay black women is, um, Monica Roberts. And I am late to the game because, um, I just learned of Monica Roberts listening to Marsha's play black trans talk. Um, so I'm actually going to put the link to this particular episode in the show notes, but they recently had, um, Monica Roberts on as a guest. Monica Roberts is a Houstonian and unabla an unapologetic black trans person, an award-winning blogger and civil rights advocate um, fighting to make Houston and Texas and the world a better place. Uh, Monica is the founder of Transgrio. That's at Transgrio on Twitter. That's also her personal Twitter handle. Mm -hmm. She has a, um, a website that you can go to Transgrio. That's spelled T-R-A-N-S-G-R-I-O-T, transgrio.com to check out her website. You can also check out the blog that she does. So she has a blog that's been running for a long time mm -hmm. and it covers all types of trans news. She speaks from a black trans woman's perspective and she um, is sharing trans stories, which I think is incredibly important. And what I learned- Extremely important. Yeah, what I learned from that episode of Marsha's Plate is that like, this is a whole ass like black historian who I knew nothing about. And I always feel, I always enjoyed, I always enjoy, um, because I consume a lot of podcasts. I always enjoy a podcast that introduces me to like a new black elder. And she's not that old. Um, no, I'm not sure how old Monica Roberts is, but I know that she is a mature person who is, uh, would be an elder to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Um, but anyway, I enjoy l learning about black elders who I didn't know shit about because this is history that I would have missed if somebody didn't say, oh, you know what? Let me, exactly. let's talk to so-and-so. And so I kind of actually, it inspired me to do more of that. I think we should do a little bit more of that and make sure we don't, this is not an interview based show, but on occasion we will have, uh, we will do interviews with black women and femmes. And so I want to make sure for 2019 that we um, talk to a few of the elders and bring them on this platform and hopefully introduce them to somebody who had no knowledge or had, you know, was unfamiliar with them before. Yeah. But anyway, so the homies over at Marsha's Plate had Monica Roberts on. She has an amazing blog. The blog is transgrio.blogspot.com. We'll put the link to that in the show notes. And we want to make sure that we are paying her to continue to do the work that she does and mm -hmm. to grow her platform. Um, I know that she has been doing YouTube videos lately. And so, like, you know, 
transitioning her blog work into video form and i think she has maybe like 20 of those up right now um and so we went we want to make sure that as a community we are helping her to sustain herself and expand that work so we encourage you to please donate to monica roberts um donate to transgrio.com and i will put the link to uh her paypal in the show notes um so that we can do that. And I'm going to put the li- that on the list of like shit for us to do yeah, to donate yeah, to that um, media outlet because we like to uplift people who are like doing work similar to us and um, are doing shit that like that we don't do. Yes, so, I like that. yeah, I was very inspired by that whole conversation. Um, and I liked hearing sometimes um marsha's plate they'll do interviews or diamond will do an interview and, and mia and, and z, z aren't are there not, aren't there for that particular episode because yeah. i know that you know everybody's really busy um but it was nice to have all three of them diamond mia and z there mm-hmm. to ask questions from their different perspectives or even to hear um you know how we're as black people we're, we're listening to stuff and we're like mm, yeah mm. yeah even to hear because they're all different ages on that show to hear the different things that the, each the, one of them mm, responded too? to yeah. yeah i really i really did enjoy that so i'm gonna put the link to that episode in our show notes i'm gonna put the link to monica roberts paypal in our show note and our also her all of her um where you can catch her youtube videos and her blog because i think that that's super important um so that is that yo pay black women yes you better you better fucking, you better better fucking the pay fuck us using our work <sighs> and shit all the fucking time you ready to get into news that's not news yes let's do it in a world where don lemon is considered a respectable news anchor in a world where people respect don lemon Queen and Jay bring you news that's not news. News that should be news, but it ain't news. Because mainstream media wants to feed you the same three stories about transracialism in three different ways. With a special segment by Don Lemon. So here's news that's not news. So news that's not news is a segment where we discuss news stories that either have not been covered by the mainstream media or have been covered in a way that does not address all of our interests or in a way that you've never heard before or maybe it's something you heard but we got to reiterate that motherfucking point because yeah, you didn't really be get wildin'. it the first time y'all be wildin'. out of pocket media be wildin'. what you got okay so this week's news that's not news story is um and i got this story from democracy now um noted disability right activist dies after being denied medication so I had never heard of this person previously. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of similar to you. Have you never heard of right. um, Monica Roberts? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so her name is Carrie Ann Lucas, and she was a prominent disabilities right activist um, and an attorney. So I'm going to read what they wrote in Democracy now because it gives a good description of everything mm-hmm. that um, happened in the life of. Um, Carrie Ann Lucas, who is the woman that um, died because she was denied her medication um, from her insurance. So Carrie Ann Lucas, who had a rare form of muscular dystrophy, helped pass legislation in Colorado to protect parents with disability from child welfare discrimination. So she had four children whom she adopted um, and they were children with disabilities. Also, Um, one of the children that she was adopting when the family found out that she was going to be with a disabled 
parent and with other di- disabled siblings, they tried to retract that. Mm. So she fought that. And then she also made it so that children welfare services cannot take children because parents are disabled oh, wow, and might great. not be meeting whatever standards that yeah. the government says has to be met to parent a child. So those mm-hmm. are the, that's her activist work. Yeah. Um, of all the terrible parents, <laughs> so many right? terrible parents right? that, that need to be have their kids taken away um, to take somebody away because their parent is disabled. Just that's whack. Exactly. According to a message on Lucas on Luca's Facebook page, United Healthcare denied her coverage for an antibiotic last year, triggering a host of medical complications, which led her which led to her death. Carrie Ann Lucas was 47 years old and survived by her four adopted children who are also living with disabilities. Um, just to give you a more like explanation as to what happened with what, what what happened with her insurance and why she didn't get the things she needs mm-hmm. and things like that. So um, Lucas was Lucas, who was a quadriplegic and used a ventilator full time, caught a cold in January 2018. The common virus is dangerous for people who use ventilators and it led to an infection in her lung and trachea. Lucas and her doctors advocated for a specific kind of antibiotic, but her insurance refused to pay. She was started on a less effective antibiotic, and a cascade of health problems ensued, which um, resulted in her death. Mm, it says it resulted in sepsis. Yes, yes. The result was sepsis. That's was, was, yeah. Wow. So what the fuck yeah you know that's that's just another thing that's so disappointing about our healthcare system is that a healthcare company whose goal is to make money can decide that oh we don't want to give this to you we don't want to help you with this um this is not crucial the doctors can say yeah you need this and the healthcare company can push back and be like no yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um so i wanted to make that our news that's not news story i had before i saw this um, actually, it was Diamond who shared this on Facebook, mm-hmm. Diamonds of Marsha's Marsh's Play podcast. Who we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. So it made me like click it, and I read it, and I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? And I feel like this is a story that more people need to talk about. I, like we talk about the healthcare industry in terms of, I guess, for lack of better term, like the general kind of healthcare that maybe an able-bodied person would need. So I need to be able to go to the doctor, to go to the gynecologist or the dentist and things like that. But people literally, because we are not, not, not just coverage, but we're not critiquing these insurance companies and these healthcare systems. Um, Cause the fact that they could say, nah, you don't need that. We're going to give you this is a problem. Like we need to critique it in that way too and address it in that way too. Like that is a problem. And those are things that I, as an able-bodied person, have never really had to think about. I'm just really thinking about, I need to be able to go to the doctor. Right. These people need to think about, I need to be able to go to the doctor and also get, um, not just the care from the doctor, but I need these insurance companies to pay for the shit that I need because I literally cannot live if I don't get these things that I need. Um, and me being an able-bodied person who has never experienced any chronic illness or anything like that, I have never mm-hmm. thought of the extent of what someone else controls my life, yeah. like my actual being in, in the healthcare system. I've never had to think of that. So I wanted to um, make that a news that's not a story to put that thought in lots of people's minds because mm-hmm. um, that is like, wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm upset. 
Yeah, that's whack. I'm upset. Stop making me laugh. Sorry. <laughs> I'm upset. Well, since you're upset. Oh, yes. Great. Good timing. Yes. Let's, uh, you know, get into this a pitch. Yes. Ready for the pitch. Yes. Everybody strap in. I'm about to open some fucking windows. The new triple X has got to be more dangerous. Deadlier. More attitude. Who the fuck is this asshole? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. Okay. Can you tell us what the pit is? So the pit is basically the opposite of libations. This is where we throw any people, place, or thing that is trying to destroy our black joy. You go into the pit. And that is what this is. Who you throwing in the pit, Jay? Um, I'm throwing uh Mark Meadows in the pit with a dose of uh excuse me, represent Republican representative of North Carolina, Mark Meadows. I'm throwing him in the pit with just a dash of uh representative Elijah Cummings, okay. um, who is uh the black man who is the head or the chairman, excuse me, of the House Oversight Committee. Just a dash of him. He's when a- you said dash, mm-hmm. I thought of dash seasoning and how much black people like to use dash seasoning. And then now that you say this is a black person, mm-hmm. I'm like, how did my mind do that? You're such a weirdo. <laughs> but yeah, just a dash of dash. Just a, just a dash of um, Chairman uh, Elijah Cummings because he's an old black man. He's already seen a lot. And he didn't do a lot here. He just made me upset. Um, so <laughs> representative Mark Meadows, Meadows, um, during the Michael Cohen hearing. So for anybody who doesn't know, cause I, I know a lot of us have disengaged from a lot of this shit surrounding Trump. I definitely have. Right. So a breakdown. So Michael coming, Michael Cohen is Trump's, uh, the current president uh, of the U S okay. cause I'm disengaged. He's the one where where he had the hearing and he was yeah. saying all this shit he's yeah he, and there's people, a hearing and he's people were like shit. and people i'm going based on social media okay. and they were like oh shit he's spilling the tea this is right. this is yes. this conversation yes. all right got it okay. thank you right so what what i'm throwing mark Meadows in the pit for something he did surrounding this conversation right michael cohen is trump the current president of the united states cheese cracker right um Former lawyer. Mm -hmm. He was Trump's lawyer from 2006 to 2018. Mm -hmm. And he is um, right now, he pled guilty to eight counts, including campaign finance violations, tax fraud and bank fraud. He was also the financial chair of the Republican National Committee Mm -hmm. in 2018, I think 2017 to 2018. Mm -hmm. So that's important when we talk about these um counts that he's being charged with yeah. that he pled guilty towards um cohen also said he violated campaign finance laws at the direction of trump and for quote unquote for the principal purposes of influencing the 2016 presidential election so in january he agreed to testify publicly before the house oversight committee to give a quote unquote full and credible account on his work on behalf of trump so he's already been um disbarred so that whole thing with like employee client privilege that's not a thing he's about to go and serve i think three years in jail um for this so he he goes in in may so right now he's yeah he's spilling all the beans and um so that's what's taking place so that's like remember at the end of new jack city when um 
when Nino Brown was like about yes. to go and then he just yes. got up and just started pointing out everybody. He did. He was <laughs> like, those, <laughs> and those two light-skinned niggas, it was their organization the whole time. Yes. Like, the fuck? I mean, light skin privilege, but that's not what happened, bro. <laughs> At all. In this moment, no. No, you didn't. You, 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 you did it. Right you you was the one. You did it. Everybody was following you. <laughs> <laughs> following you. Uh, who got it from you? All right, stop, stop. Too many, too many <laughs> 90s references. Okay. So, what had happened was mm-hmm. during the Michael Cohen hearings, right? Michael Cohen, some of the things that he said alleged that president trump wait you ready for this you ready uh, you ready okay might be you you ready hold on okay racist wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> so according to michael cohen president trump uh the current president of the u.s the president might whose, be racist. whose whole agenda is, is racism is racism right he also he might be racist low-key in case you didn't know right so representative mark meadows is so like enraged and incensed and beside himself at this uh implication that our current president which everyone knows is racist could be racist that he uh asked a black woman who worked for president trump and the trump administration okay um... to stand behind him Right. So this is this is what I'm reading this um, this piece. I'm going to read from a CNN article that talks more about this and kind of the implications surrounding being the black friend and stuff like that. I'm going to put a link to that article in the show notes. All right. So in this this analysis um, that I'm pulling from um, is by John Blake. And he kind of talks about the whole the dynamics of being a black friend Mm -hmm. and um, like being used as like the black friend defense like i'm not racist i have a black friend like that type of shit so i'll put the link to that article in the show notes but i just wanted to i used that article just to pull um some of the facts of what happened so representative mark meadows a north carolina republican asked a black woman who worked for the trump administration to help him rebut cohen's accusations cohen's allegations that president trump was racist the woman lynn Patton, stood silently next to meadows as the lawmaker told cohen you made some very demeaning comments about the president that miss Patton doesn't agree with in fact it has to do with your claim of racism meadows says she says that as a daughter of a man born in birmingham alabama that there is no way that she would work for an individual who was racist how do you reconcile the two of those so Lynn Patton, have you seen, you haven't seen this? No. She's standing behind him, right? So you know these hearings, they're so sitting she, yeah. at these different daises on different yeah. levels. And, you know, it looks like whatever the fucking hearing room is, where all those motherfuckers are all sitting, sitting down. down. Everybody has a seat with a little tag. No and one should be standing, standing out of place. She's standing behind him there silently with her hands folded, standing, okay, as a fucking On prop. display. On display, on display, what on display, the fuck? each and every day, every day, every day. But yes, yep. So, and he's speaking for her, speaking like she's for her. not even yep. saying these things. He like you would a prop. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So Cohen gave his answer to Meadows. So so basically, Meadows is asking Cohen, "How could you say Trump is racist if this black woman, uh, who as a daughter from a man born in Birmingham, so her dad was just born in Birmingham, Alabama. That's that's the whole story here. Anyway, how could you say if she could work with him? How could you Cohen say that if Trump a black is racist? Person from the racist? South 
exactly can work a black person with a dad from the a south. dad from the south right can right. work with what and this is how this is how stupid white people can be and not understand oppression yep. what choice all of us have worked with a racist motherfucker what all of us choice do all we fucking have we don't have a fucking choice all of us the fuck you mean mm-hmm. i've worked with a racist you've worked with a racist yep. what the what are you what are you talking about mm-hmm. what yep. like she could just get up and go well you know you're racist so i'm gonna go over there to this other job mm-hmm. that is not how it works stupid it's so dumb so cohen gives his answer to meadows cohen says and neither should i as the son of a holocaust survivor right so he's basically saying yeah i am the son of a holocaust survivor i also worked for trump and got that money for fucking what was it, like 14 years 12 mm-hmm. i can't count oh six to 18 that's no that's idea. 12 years yes uh-huh. um so anyway that was the response okay so this horrible thing is happening right thankfully there are women of color um in congress and shit now so like delete all that shit shit. so anyway so uh representative rashida talib who is a palestinian american democrat from detroit um points out that to bring lynn Patton out and stand there and have her stand there as a prop is in and of itself a racist Racist thing thing. to do so Mm -hmm. she says that in her statement right um and she says a few other things um and what do you think happens next i'm not a racist here you go go on what else i'm not a racist (laughs) (laughs) so he goes on to say i'm not racist I have black friends, right? Oh, God. He, he, goes he on does to, the black friend defense black also. Friend of friends, black friend defense. He says that his nephews and nieces are people of color. You might not know this about me, but they are. Because I hide them in the closet because right? they're black. Probably. <laughs> he goes on to talk about uh, the chairman, Elijah Cummings, and says, you are you should know of all people. Like, we're, we're friends or whatever. You know, this is important to me. I'm not a racist. He almost starts crying. Oh, white people. If you have to explain why you're not racist, that means you're racist. All right. So what's the last what's the last thing that white people do after you say that they did something racist and they then they say okay you calling me a racist and what do they do next right this is like full-on they're in full-on defense mode which is often what do you what next do they say i can't think of anything all right so pretend here pretend you're white pretend you're white i don't know how to do that come on you could just okay act act give me something all right right. you should be doing the shoulder shake okay you ready i'm white um karen what you did earlier, um, I found that that action to be racist and it made me uncomfortable as a black woman. Karen, you got to respond. What's the first thing you say? I'm not racist. Okay. And, and now you're feeling really offensive and attacked. And now you go on the offensive and you say. You hurt my feelings. Okay, yes. By saying that I'm a racist. And you're so mad that you're going to lash out at me. And now you're going to say. You're a racist. Boom. There we go. You're a racist. Come with it. By saying that I'm a racist. Because I am a white man. I'm a white woman. And I know the authority on racism. There you go. And you are being a racist. By pointing out my racism. And there it is. And then there it go. And I love that you have no knowledge of what's happened here. And yet you know the script. (laughs) I knew you knew it. I knew. I just had to give you directions. Yeah, because I know. Oh my God, I don't know how good I could yeah, be a Becky. Nah, yeah. yeah, we all oh know it. God. We all speak this language. So she points this out, and then 
he goes, yeah, all in his feelings. I'm not a racist because white people are more offended by the notion that someone might think they are quote unquote a racist than they are offended by racism. Yeah. Then they are offended by you saying, yo, what you did right here, that was racist. They don't want to apologize for that because they can do whatever they want as long as you don't think they are a racist. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, he asked uh, Chairman Cummings to strike that from the record. No, I think that should be stricken from the record to imply that I might be racist and yada, 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 yada. Stricken from the record. Yes. You shouldn't have started this. Hello. Don't start none. Won't be none. Hello. Okay. Hello. The fuck? Stricken from the record. So then. I'm saying that though. (laughs) So then chairman is like, all right, I'm going to clear this up. And he asks, he's like, you know, representative Talib, were you, um, were you you were not were you calling Meadows a racist? She's like, no, I wasn't calling him a racist. I'm saying that the action of she read her statement again, mm-hmm. which was um very clear and concise and made her point um that she was stating what you did that action of having someone stand there as a prop was a racist thing to do. Yeah. I was not and did not call Representative Meadows a racist. Yeah. Um. And he's still sitting there, like, beside himself, like, nearly in tears and shit. Because, you know, that's what white people like to do. They cry when you point out that they have done something while racist. Because yeah. she also goes on to say, listen, as me, a person of color sitting there, that was... She was clearly, like, offended mm-hmm. by what had taken place. Um, which I'm thankful that we have women in color color saying... Because that's the thing that white people like to do. They don't want to separate... Doing something racist from that attack feeling of being called a racist. Mm-hmm. I don't need to call you a racist. I'm telling you, touching my hair, asking to touch my hair, or petting me without permission is a racist thing to do. I'm telling you, whatever you did just now made me feel a type of way, yeah. and that was a racist thing to do. Yep. And so we need to acknowledge, yes, yeah, standing that black woman there like a prop and just talking about her as she stands there silently, that was racist. The implication that to have a black friend means that you cannot do and harbor racist feelings and do racist things, that is racist, okay, bro? So nobody cares. White people use this like distraction tactic, like, you're calling me a racist? That's racist. You get a racist. Everybody's racist. And it's not racist to say someone is racist. No, it's not. How is that racist? Because white people, they make up everything. How? They made it up. <laughs> right? They just make it up. This is your making. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Make it up. Yeah. Um, so she clarifies her statements. And then uh, Chairman Elijah Cummings, who is an older black man, uh, he did say that he was the son of sharecroppers, which I believe, um, says that, you know, of all people, he understands... Like this, this is uh, close to his heart. He understands racism and shit like that. And people might be surprised, but me and Chairman uh, Meadows are uh, best friends. Okay. Um, Okay, bro. Okay. And he says, "I I can see that this hurt the chairman. I can see that this hurt you, but I do believe that she was not calling you a racist, which is fact. So I I like that he is reaffirming that she didn't call you a racist. But now we're spending all this time coddling the feelings of this white man who just stood this black woman up there as a prop to say her and the president work together. She's cool. They love each other. They're friends. They're family, basically. So how could he be racist? That's not how racism works at all. But they don't know how it works because they are, they know they don't know how it works in the ways in which we do because right. they are the perpetuators. Yep. 
So they don't they don't understand that. Nope. So you think because you share a space with this this black person, mm-hmm. this person who is not white, and you don't want to hang him from a tree, yep. and you don't want to do whatever atrocious things that mm-hmm. white people have done to people of color in this country, then you must not be racist because I'm allowing you to live. <laughs> no. so, slavery, that whole institution of slavery was being in close proximity to black people. Okay? Mm-hmm. Fucking and raping black people. Okay? Um, later on, having us close enough to you to entertain you during Jim Crow, having us close enough to clean up after you. Um, Black women nursed your babies. White babies put their whole, whole mouth, mouth on, on a black, black breast. On black breasts. You know what I'm saying? The proximity yes. to a black person yes. does not mean yes. that you cannot perpetuate racism. The concept of a mammy having a black woman work in a white woman's home and mother your children as the white woman lived her life, was social mm-hmm. and all those things or whatever, that is that close proximity. Those A lot of those white children loved whoever their mammy was, loved whoever that slave woman was being yes. oppressed within their home under that system. You can call it, yeah, you can call it love if you want. That was there. That relationship, that intimacy was there during oppression as it is now. And that is still racism. Yes. And the ability to use your power to say, well, this person works for me, so I can't be racist. To use your power to say, this person, we're friends. No, I'm your employee. You think I'm going to make you think we're not friends? Exactly. No. And you're not acknowledging the power dynamic because- she is an employee. Mm-hmm. She's not his supervisor. She's not his whatever. He is hers. What yeah. the fuck you think? She's of course she's gonna probably be pleasant and be friendly to all this person because of the power dynamic. Mm-hmm. Fucking oh, I hate people. Yeah. Why are you so stupid? They're whack. Um, so in this pit, I want to give a quick libation to uh Rashida Talib. So thank you so much for mm-hmm. your presence. Our representation matters and I felt represented in that space. Yeah, me too. Um so libations to that and fucking uh, Mark Meadows, thank you. You go in the pit for wasting everybody's fucking time during this hearing. Oh, and then he thought he had bars. He thought he had bars because at the end of it, from what I understand, and one of you uh, government political science niggas can tell me if this is what happened or not. But at the end of it, uh, Chairman Cummings is like, all right, um, you know, you can proceed because they cleared it up. He's like, did I clear it up? Because, I, you know, you look like you were hurt. Da, da, da. He, he's like, I said, yeah, it's cute. And so Meadows is like, yeah, it's cleared up. So basically everyone's friends again. And so the chairman is like, OK, Mark Meadows, you can proceed. And he's like, no, I'm not going to go forward with it. So basically because he wants that entire conversation stricken from the record. Yeah. So he's not even proceeding with asking Michael Cohen like, oh, so you think Trump is racist yeah. now? So he deletes all he deletes all that shit. Yes. So that her saying, bro, what you're doing right now is racist can also we'll be, be removed to, from the yeah. record. Um, anyway, so he goes in the pit. And OG um, Chairman Elijah Cummings, I'm not going to put you in the pit, but it did make me wild uncomfortable that you tried to make this white man feel better about having done something while racist and being called out for it. I know that a lot of... He could have just been quiet. He could have just been quiet. I know that a lot of... I was going to say older black folks, but we see we sat somewhere and niggas did it right that same day. Young people, our age and younger, have this tendency to want to cater to white fragility and make them feel comfortable and when they look sad or outraged by something because that's the thing representative cummings knows mark meadows doesn't understand the dynamics of this and instead of breaking down the dynamics or instead of saying 
clearly you don't understand the racial dynamics of this and hopefully this can be addressed at a later time mm-hmm. instead of doing that he was just like oh baby i know you don't understand and you look sad by this do you get that she wasn't calling you a racist great let's move on yeah um we we gotta stop doing that to Word. white folks at all levels Word. of power because mm-hmm. really uh the chairman just kind of forwarded and pushed that idea of white fragility being okay, push that forward. And that's, that's, that's not okay. That's whack. And I'm not going to throw him away because he's a black elder. Yeah. We just want to point his face toward it. And be like, see, you can't be doing that. Don't be doing that. stinky over there. Mm -hmm. You see that mess you made? Do you see Lena Dunham, Dunham, whatever in there? Down in the pits. (laughs) You don't want to be with her. You don't want to go there. All right. Uh, I think we did a show. We did a show. Yes, we did. Like we said, we're doing a podcast meetup in Austin, Texas during South by Southwest. You do not need a South by Southwest badge to check us out at the meetup that is happening on March 13th. That's a Wednesday from 5 to 8 p.m. at Leach's Cantina. We want to see you there. Come through and say what's up. Uh, We enjoy that establishment. We have felt safe there in the past. So we hope to create that same environment. We um, will fucking be there. I'll put the link to that in the show notes so that you know where to go. Also, if you are a South by Southwest badge holder, please be sure to come to our panel that's Tea with Queen and Jade's live show taking place again, same day. Wednesday, March 13th, starts at 1230. Before that, South by Southwest holders, please go to Where Are the Black Sense? That is the panel that Queen will be on with Sam from Inner Hole Uprising and Bury of Podcasts in Color. Um, and they will be there talking about Black Sense and Black Women's and Black Femmes' voices in podcasting. And that is taking place South by Southwest that same Wednesday, March 13th at 11 a.m. So those are three things. We want to yeah. see you there. Um, and uh, yeah, yo, we will see you niggas in Texas. Yeah. What you got? Be sure to follow us on the show meets. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Tea with QJ. We are also on Facebook and Tumblr. Just search for Tea with Queen and Jay there. Send us email um, at our email address, Tea with Queen and Jay at gmail.com. Um, donations you can do that on our website teawithqueenandjay.com you can also back to our email um, hit us up if you want us to speak at your school if you want us to speak at your organization um, we are down to do that that's right it's we, women's history month we are women um, and pay we, us for our time you yeah know? Exactly. invite us places Word. Um, that's it, right? send us free metro cards send us packs of hair um, what else I think that's it. Send us gift cards <laughs> if you have them. You know? It's people. We all have access to some shit, yo. Give us what you have access to. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. I think we did a show. Hashtag T with QJ. Hashtag pods in color. Hashtag um, Black Panther so lit. Hashtag say her name. Disability too white. Black lives matter. Pay black women. Maybe he doesn't hit you. You okay, sis? Queer Walk, Queer Walk Pod, Marsha's Plate, Unpack BG, The Liberated. Sexually Liberated Woman. We said Inner Hole Uprising. Nope, Inner Hole Uprising. Yeah, we said Bag Ladies. Um, Stop Killing Trans Women. Trans Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Film Dis. 4C Hair. 4C Hair. 4C Forever. Hair. hair Equality. Get Out My Face. You're too close, man. 
Mind yes. your business. Mind your business. Drink some fucking water and mind your business. That's good. All right. All right. Bye. This podcast is created, hosted, and produced by a black girl named Naima and a black girl named Janicia with editorial support by a black girl named Sam Riddell. Ow. Peace out. Just to make a note, Mr. Chairman, just because someone has a person of color, a black person working for them, does not mean they aren't racist. And it is insensitive that some would even say it's the fact that someone would actually use a prop, a black woman, in this chamber, in this committee, is alone racist in itself. Donald Trump is setting Mr. President, Chairman, I ask that her words Donald be Trump taken down. President, I reclaim my time. Mr. Donald Chairman, Trump is setting a president Mr. Chairman, that the highest office can be Mr. Chairman, the rules are clear. Activity, cover up and hold on to business assets to break campaign finance laws and constitutional clauses. What we have here, Mr. Chairman, is criminal conduct and the pursuit of the highest public office by Mr. Cohen and individual one. I hope that the gravity of this situation hits everyone in this body the court report. and in Congress and across this country. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I yield the rest of my time. Mr. Chairman, I ask that her words, when she's referring to an individual member of this body, be taken down and stricken from the record. I'm sure she didn't intend to do this, but if anyone knows my record as it relates, it should be you, Mr. Chairman. Chairman, I, I, I would like to... Hold on. I want the words read no, no, back. No, 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 no. We want to know exactly no, what she said me. about a colleague. Excuse me. Would you like to rephrase that statement, Ms. Salib? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I can actually read it from here. Just to make a note, Mr. Chairman, that just because someone has a person of color, a black person working for them, does not mean they are racist. And it is insensitive that someone would even say racist, say, say it is racist in itself, and to use a black woman as a prop to, mo to prove it otherwise. And I can submit this for the record. If a colleague is thinking that that's what I'm saying, I'm just saying that's what I believe to have happened. And if as a person of color in this committee, that's how I felt at that moment, and I wanted to express that. But I am not calling the gentleman, um, Mr. Meadows, a racist for doing so. I'm saying that in itself it is a racist act.